0: This Big Ten battle belongs to Iowa. Quality win over Ohio State, 73-57. The Hawkeyes get it done in Columbus.
1: It's BETQL Daily with Joe Ostrowski on the BETQL Audio Network.
2: Sports bettors, are you ready? Download the PointsBet app now and use our code BETQLDAILY to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. When you bet with PointsBet, you get faster bets, faster withdrawals, and faster rewards at your fingertips. Download the app now to experience this premium sportsbook for yourself. And don't forget to sign up with our code BETQLDAILY to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. So, are you ready? T's and C's apply. Void where prohibited. Must be 21 plus. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services. Joe Strosky, Tom Kasali with you on this Monday. This is BetQL Daily on the BetQL Audio Network. Make sure you're following us on Twitter at BetQL Daily. And uh, Tom, let's get back to some college hoops. We welcome back into the show Mike Rutherford at Card. Chronicle on Twitter and uh, Mike last time we caught up we were just curious how Louisville was going to look after their layoff and not a big surprise Uh, they were blown out in their first game back we've we've seen rust from these teams that haven't played in a few weeks but then then they beat Notre Dame and uh, the big overtime victory over the weekend as uh, many people were pushing Duke back into the tournament.
1: Yeah, the thing about this global team is they do not mess around when they come back from a COVID pause. And when I mean they don't <laughs> mess around, uh, I mean they lose by 37 or 45 points, uh, which was the, the North Carolina game was the largest loss, conference loss in the history of the program and the largest loss period uh, since before World War II for Global basketball. But they do bounce back pretty quickly. After that Wisconsin loss in December, they reeled off four straight wins. Uh, And now they have wins over Notre Dame and over Duke. The only concerning thing about uh, Louisville right now, and I'll give you guys a little bit of a scoop here. This is going to break, I think, at some point in the next hour or so. But you guys are going to get it first. Uh, Big man Malik Williams, who just came back, had to leave the game uh, in the first half after he re-aggravated that foot injury that's kept him out for almost all of the season. I'm told he's going to be announced today that he is done for the rest of the year. So you're not going to get Malik Williams back for Louisville at any point this season and he was even though he wasn't 100 his return last week was making a, a big time impact for them so they're not going to be able to play the way that they w- would have intended to going into March but uh if there's anything comforting for them it's that they've played most of the season without him so some guys should be able to step
0: up yeah that is a huge loss for Louisville um something I'm interested in is there's there's been bets floated out there like a Michigan, Gonzaga, or Baylor versus the field. I mean, I think everyone thinks those are the top three. Baylor coming off a, a loss at Kansas. How do you view that entering the tournament? Do you think, would you take those three, or do you think there's value taking other teams in the field? I, I'm sure that the the statistics would say
1: the field is the safe play there. Um, you know, it's a, it's a single elimination tournament. Anything can happen. You know, the best team doesn't always win. All of those cliches go out there. But if you, If you've spent the last four months watching college basketball pretty closely, I think you can see that there's a a very large gap between those three teams at their best and the rest of the country at its best. Baylor, uh, I mean, I don't read too much into their performances over the past week. It's certainly something you have to take into account, Uh, you know, playing a a very close game against a bad Iowa State team and then losing fairly handily at Kansas. I still think, though, we've seen what they can do when they're at full strength. You assume they're going to be back at full strength by the time the tournament starts. Um, there's no doubt in my mind they're one of the, still one of the three best teams in the country. Gonzaga's play speaks for itself. They have just so many offensive weapons that are impossible to slow down. And then Michigan, you know, their COVID pause was different than the rest of, of the country's COVID pauses because they didn't have, they weren't stopping play because they had players affected by these. But by, by the pandemic, they didn't have guys who had positive COVID. It was a statewide rule that forced them to be sidelined for two and a half weeks. So when they came back and really didn't miss a step, it wasn't as surprising as it would have been had they had a bunch of guys sidelined and a bunch of guys quarantined. Um, Michigan is is playing without question, I, I think, as well as any team in the country, maybe outside of Gonzaga, uh, maybe even better than Gonzaga. So I, I know it's probably the silly thing to say the, the stupid move to make But if you're telling, if you're asking me, those three teams of the field, as far as who wins the tournament, I'm thinking one of those three teams. It's hard for me to see anybody else besides one of those three cutting down the net.
2: Joe Zdrowski, Tom Casale, this is BetQL Daily. Our guest, Mike Rutherford, we're talking some college hoops. And, uh, Mike, in the past, we had a laugh about the Intercontinental Belt. Everyone had Gonzaga, Baylor on their own tier. Then it's uh, everybody else. Uh, For you, when did you decide that Michigan needs to come close to that group, or maybe they're on tier one point five by themselves? Uh, was it right after that Ohio State Iowa back to back big wins there, or uh, something that you've been tracking all along?
1: Yeah, it was right after I told you guys that I was Ohio <laughs> State, just the Intercontinental Champion, and, and the Buckeyes probably dropped three games in a row. Um, I mean, that Michigan State, uh, that Michigan Ohio State game, I should say, two Sundays ago was maybe the best game of the entire season it was a a great heavyweight bout to, to sort of i think reintroduce the people who've been paying a lot of attention to football and are now looking for something else to do or looking to get into to college basketball with march right around the corner that was a nice step to have that game uh, nationally televised on cbs a couple of sundays ago but michigan was the better team they deserve to win uh, and they've they've looked better than ohio state for the last couple of weeks they've looked better and I think Illinois and Iowa and those other teams that are battling for that Intercontinental Championship. Um, and, and the thing about Michigan is they're not just winning these games outside of the Ohio State game since they've come back. They've been beating teams down pretty thoroughly. I mean, they hammered Iowa, State, they hammered Iowa by 22 last week. They destroyed an Indiana team that's uh, firmly on the NCAA tournament bubble and was desperate for a big-time win. They've just looked fantastic. They have maybe um, the best freshman that people don't talk enough about in the country and Hunter Dickinson. They've got uh, enough veterans in Isaiah Livers and even Franz Wagner. I know he was a freshman last year, but he just played a big role for them. Tony Brown coming over from Wake Forest, he brings experience as well. I think they've got the the perfect complement of young talent and experienced uh, leadership that you need to have in March. So they've been really good, and Juwan Howard is going to, I think, wind up being everybody's pick for National Coach of the Year, even though Mark Few has the only undefeated team in
0: America. Hmm. Mike, uh, Villanova's coming off a bad loss at Butler with Creighton on deck. I mean, that's a team personally I think is going to bust some brackets this year. I'm not overly high on Villanova. What are your thoughts on them, and do you have a team you think that's going to have uh, people shaking their heads and throwing their brackets in the garbage in a couple weeks?
1: Yeah, I, I don't know what to make of Villanova, because on paper, this should be one of those teams that's right there competing with you know Illinois and, and Iowa and whoever else is up there for that fourth number one seed. And they just haven't been able to piece it together this late in the season like they typically have done under Jay Wright. I mean, you've got Colin Gillespie who's been there forever as your veteran point guard. Justin Moore is an outside threat. Jeremiah Robinson Earl does a little bit of everything. Jermaine Samuels is a fantastic talent. He's, like, all the pieces are in place for this to be a vintage Villanova team outside of the fact that they just don't shoot it well enough. And that was on full display yesterday. If you watched any portion of that Villanova-Butler game, Nova goes two for 27 from three uh, and just, you know, they're going to keep firing. That's the way they play. But it it was just, it was tough to watch at some point. You almost started to feel bad for them. Uh, If they don't get that figured out, then they're going to be an early exit this year. And that's kind of been, it's it's sort of a a tired narrative at this point, but there was a period of time where early exits for Villanova were kind of becoming a, a trend for them. And they've had this thing where, They either go all the way to the Final Four and and win a national title, or they get beat in the tournament's first weekend. This is kind of feeling like a first weekend year for them. I'm with you. Every time you watch them, I mean, sure that they look good when the shots are going down from the outside, but when they're not, you know, they're getting beaten down by Creighton. They're losing by double digits to St. John's. They're losing to a bad Butler team by 12 on national TV. They've got a a bunch to figure out, but outside of them, I, I... I know a lot of people are concerned about Iowa just because they don't seem to play a whole lot of defense. And it's Luka Garza and a bunch of shooters, and if those shooters aren't hitting, then you know it, it, they look a little bit rough. I still believe that they're going to be a second weekend team just because Luka Garza is so good, and I don't mm-hmm. think there's going to be a team that they would face in those first two rounds that will have an answer for them. Alabama, I'm a little bit more concerned about, especially the way that they've been playing recently. So that's are to me the big two teams in the top ten right now that I think could bust some brackets. Nova,
2: and Bama. Uh, With Mike Rutherford at Card Chronicle on Twitter, founder and manager of CardChronicle.com. So now we've got to flip it. How about some dark horses? Maybe they're a double digit seed that could make the second weekend.
1: As far as the double digit seeds that are looming down there, I mean, it's going to come down to matchups, I think, but I would look at a team and I don't think they're going to be a double digit seed. So this may wind up being a little bit of a um an unfair pick but connecticut is playing really well right now um with james booknight they've been i think without question one of the 15 best teams in america Uh, unfortunately he missed a, a significant amount of time so that's why you have some kind of wonky results like the losses to st john's and creighton uh and providence but with him they're just as good as anybody in the big east they might be the best team in the big east um i would not be shocked at all i mean UConn is no stranger to having guards take over in March and leading them on gigantic runs. Uh, of course, Kemba Walker in 2011, um, Shabazz Napier in 2014, even if you want to go all the way back to Khalid El-Amin back in 1999. Um, James Booknight could be that type of guy. He is an electric player, and this is probably the last we're going to see of him in college because he's bound for the NBA. So I don't know how the committee is going to view um his, his absence, if they're going to take that into account and give UConn a better seed than their on-paper resume would indicate. But if they're like in that 6-7 range, I absolutely love them as a team that could knock off a, a two or a three seed in round two and then move on to the second weekend and potentially uh, threaten to make a regional final.
0: Mike, you mentioned a, a key word, I think, matchups, when it comes to the tournament. You know, I think it's better sometimes we get locked on teams in the regular season um, but it really depends on what your path is, you know, to, to the Final Four. Um, teams in the Big 12 intrigue me. Oklahoma, West Virginia, you know, Texas. They they seem to me like teams that could make run in the tournament. How do you view the Big 12 overall? And is there a team there you're eyeing outside of Baylor that you would think is a Final Four caliber team? Yeah, I mean, the Big 12 is just so competitive night in, night
1: out. And you feel like when you look at that sort of, uh, amorphous blob of teams in the middle of those standings that all kind of look the same right now. You feel like there's one of them that's going to bust out and maybe because they have the benefit of good matchups or because they get a couple of breaks, uh, winds up going to an elite or potentially even going to a Final Four. Uh, I really like, and it's probably time to start talking about them because their appeal is going to last so long that it's not going to be solved before the end of this NCAA tournament. Oklahoma State and Kate Cunningham, they're going to play in the big dance. I know that they have Uh, They were banned from the postseason before the start of the year. But again, their appeal, because of the the way the timeline is set up right now, is not going to be viewed by the NCAA or responded to by OSU until after March Madness. So they're going to play in this thing. And Cade Cunningham gave one of the best performances of the entire season over the weekend. when he I don't want to say he almost single-handedly beat Oklahoma, but 40 points, 10 rebounds. He was doing a little bit of everything. Um, He was 9 of 13 inside the arc. They had no answer for him. He, he wins that game pretty much by himself, uh, 94-90 with the final score. And it's good for the sport that has, I think, too often in recent years, missed out on that electric one-and-done talent when it when it comes to having them on the biggest states in the NCAA tournament. We didn't get a chance to see James Wiseman last year from Memphis. Uh, we didn't get a chance to see uh, you know Ben Simmons for LSU. They didn't make the tournament. Markel Foltz out of Washington was a flop. Um, there have been too many of those cases in recent years, and it would have been a huge shame if we didn't get Kate Cunningham in the spotlight. I really like Oklahoma State. I think my boy is a terrific coach. So if you're looking at those teams, uh, Texas Tech, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, maybe you toss West Virginia and Texas in there, which one I, out of that group do I like the most? I'm going to Oklahoma State right now.
2: Our guest on Beck Daily, it's Mike Rutherford, CardChronicle.com. Mike, normally I, I would talk about the games coming up this evening, but unless you've got a strong opinion, the card stinks, and it is going to be awesome tomorrow. We have some monsters. It's going to start at 4 o'clock Central. We've got a 2 and a 10, Baylor, West Virginia, and then we're going to kick off the evening with Illinois and Michigan. Anything uh, you're looking for in those, or if you have something strong for this evening?
1: I, I really want to see, uh, if I on the Tuesday, I really want to know, What's the deal with Iowa's assume it is because yeah. uh, has not played the last two games, had that facial injury. And if he does not play in that game against Michigan and the, the opening spread I saw today, I believe was Michigan by eight and a half, which would indicate that uh, the, the betters don't think Iowa is going to play. But if he does that's I mean, that, that could wind up being a, a matchup that determines whether or not Illinois gets that fourth number one seed if they're able to pull off that upset. So uh, very curious to see what happens there. Auburn-Alabama is, a, I think, a sneaky, fun game on uh, on Tuesday, too, just because Auburn's playing pretty well right now, and they would love to play spoiler with Bama, uh, who's also vying for potentially that fourth number one seed. But you're right. Monday we kind of got it's, – it's not really a big Monday. I don't, I don't think that term is, <laughs> applies here. Um, Bedlam with Oklahoma and Oklahoma State could be a little bit of fun at 9 o'clock, but the the opener was between Miami and Virginia. Not a whole lot of, uh, of gusto there, although it's a important game for Virginia, which suddenly – Uh, has gone from looking like the clear class of the ACC to losing three straight. Everybody's getting their licks in on UVA right now. They need to get some stuff right, and there's nobody in the ACC that's better to get right against right now, uh, more so than Miami. So I'm with you. Monday card, not looking great, but Tuesday night should be absolutely electric.
2: Mike Rutherford, at Card Chronicle on Twitter. Make sure you guys are following him there. Uh, Mike, let's check in again before we get to Selection Sunday, okay? Absolutely.
1: Thanks so much for having me on, guys.
2: Thanks, Mike. stuff there from Mike Rutherford man tomorrow's a monster Tom we're gonna to have to break that down uh, a little bit later I, I hope
0: to see he plays. <laughs> come on <laughs> yeah
2: I think he's going to I think he's going to play I, I'm not I don't have any information on that but I would think he's gonna play all right this is Joe Ostrowski Tom Casale we'll get to the college basketball card for this evening and tomorrow night later on in the hour but next how about all the games going on in the association tonight you're locked into the BQl audio network